Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. The title of this message, the Lord told me this message a while ago, the first message, told me to do this, and I hesitated and hesitated. And I preached it four, four times before when I came back. And he said, telling me that this is a message you wanted me to preach. And I know it's in the church and it's everywhere. It's not just in the church, but it's everywhere. So the title of this message is Uprooting the Spirit of Offense. And it's in the church. Uprooting the Spirit of Offense. You got everybody offended with everybody. You got Democrats offended with Republicans, blacks offended with whites, uh, 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 brothers and sisters offended, ministers offended their ministers. Everybody just offended. Just the whole world just offends. And we try to hide it. We try to not talk about it. But everybody offended. And the devil loves it. Because he knows that's the only way he can operate, through offense. When you walk in love, he can't operate. But offended people, he can use you all day. Amen? So to tie up my message, I'm going to go through some things before we get to the actual message. You must be prepared and armed for offense because your response determines your future. Your response towards offense determines your future. See, offense simply means you were hurt by someone and struggle in your spirit to let it go. You're struggling to let that offense go. Somebody hurted you or say something. See, walking around the spirit of offense, whether the hurt is big or small, can leave you spiritually and emotionally broken. Spiritually and emotionally broken. Proverbs 18, 19, an offended friend is harder to win back in a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. So a offended person is harder to win back. And I'm preaching this because God told me to do it because I've been through it. So, so many people are unable to function probably in their calling because of wounds and hurt and offense that have caused in their lives. You, you, you can't operate properly. Most of the people that have offended you, remember the ones who was closer to you. Because you expected so much from them, and you have given so much, so you expected them to give back to you. And that'd be the one. The devil will use that. You know, the Bible is very clear that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. So people don't care if they hurt you or not. It's all about me, 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 me. See, we expect this from the unbeliever. But Paul, when he wrote this in 2 Timothy 3, 2, he wasn't talking about the unbeliever. He was talking about the church. Yeah, he was talking about the church, but those within the church. So many people, like I said, are wounded, bitter, and hurt, but they don't realize that they have fallen to Satan's trap. Satan's trap of offense. See, I'm just, I'm just setting the tone before we get in the, in the message. See, Jesus said in Luke 17, 1, in Luke 17, 1, 
It is impossible to live in this world and not have the opportunity to be offended. He said it is impossible to live in this world and not have the opportunity to be offended. So it's going to happen. So you can sugarcoat it. You can put a mask on it. You can smile. You can act like it's not offended. I'm not offended. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not me. I'm good. Offended. Work in the church, be an usher, be an greeted, offended. Be a minister, offended. You can be all that and be offended. And it's stopping you from going further what I called you to do. Because that's the door of the enemy. He used offense, then he opened that door to open up all the other stuff. And I'm going to talk about that. Yeah, that's just a door. You see, and most believers are shocked and amazed when it happened. You're shocked. I can't believe that. See, offense is the door. See, your response will leave you vulnerable to the root of bitterness. See, offense is just, like I say, it's just a door. But it, leaves, it opens you up to the root of bitterness. In Hebrews 12, 15, Hebrews 12, 15, it states, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Many, and that word defiled means contaminated. Many, bitterness will defile you all the time. And see, what bitterness allowed to develop, when bitterness is allowed to develop in your heart, the end result is defilement or betrayal. It's going to happen. A husband and wife don't get mad and going to betray. You're going to do so. You get mad on your job, get mad at the church, you're going to sit in the back of the church, you're mad, then betrayal and stuff. So now you're upset, you're mad, and you, next thing you know, you're out the church because you're mad. You didn't deal with that offense. You didn't deal with it. So I say that to say, and you know when someone offends you, are, are you offended at someone? You don't speak to them. Come to church, you're not talking to them. That fake smile, hi, how you doing? Fake, come on now. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord, girl. I don't like her. Come on now, we do it all the time. You're offended. So if you dip, then talking to the person and saying, hey, I didn't like that. You offended? You know, I didn't like the way you said that. You know, let, let's deal with that. And deal, and deal, you know, deal with it. Amen, but we hide. We hide it. So, so, uh, look at your neighbor and say, don't be offended. Just, just really, don't be offended. Yeah, we're going to deal with that. The Greek word for offense is skandalon. It's entrapment. The word means entrapment. That's where you get the word scandal, snare, trap, stumble, scandal, little movie, y'all, this is why scandal. Yeah, that's where you get that from. Entrapment. That's what she was doing, entrapping him. Come on now. <laughs> so, so that's where you get the uh, word from. And, and, and say, so, so don't stumble. When it is stumble, Proverbs 24, 16, the Amplified Bible, it said, for a righteous man falls seven times and rise again, but the wicked stumble in time of disaster and collapse. So we are the righteous. We're not the wicked. So we don't want to stumble. So don't let the enemy use you to stumble over offense. Because it will block you 
And I tell you, you can be so deceived and thinking that you're not and trying to justify, and the devil just loves it. He got you. Half of the people that left churches, got divorced, separated, was a fence. The devil put a fence in there, and that was it. It was done. The devil said, y'all need to reconcile that. No, I'm done with him. He didn't mess up. He cheated. He did this. He did that. Separated. But he was worrying about, he was worrying about the kids. He was worrying about the future and everything. So that offense is, I know it's hard. It's hard to do it sometimes. But you have to realize it's not us. We have been crucified with Christ. So the life that you now live, it don't belong to you. So if Christ telling you to do something, you can do it. You can walk in forgiveness. You can walk in forgiveness. I made it a point not to uh, walk in unforgiveness. I, I made it a point because I know the damaging of it. I know what it can do. So let's talk about this. So don't let the enemy cause you to stumble. Number one, uh, number one nugget, have uh, we said, <laughs> empty space is a place. So empty Play, empty space is a place. Ephesians 4.27. The Bible said, neither give place to the devil. So if you give space to the devil with the spirit of offense, he will open your spirit up to all of his little relatives. So you got uncle bitterness, cousin strife, sister-in-law jealousy, Come on, brother-in-law, anger, sister, uh, uh, gossip. So all his little relatives will be in your spirit. Now, you didn't open the door. You're the one just opened the door. And all the rest of the little, little demons come in. And now they're all sitting there, and they're having a the whole party in your spirit. They're just having a party. They're just there, and they're just sitting there. And you come to church, and you're just sitting there mad. Because of offense, that one offense can open up all of these spirits. And you can't function right, you can't operate right, you're sitting down, God called you to minister, God called you to usher, God called you to, you don't want to do nothing, I ain't doing it, I'm mad at all of them. So when Bishop come up here and preach, you sitting up there, you're just mad. You can't hear nothing, your spirit is closed up, you can't hear nothing because you're just mad. And that's just what the devil wants you to do, be mad. I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to sit here and, and just listen to the word. I, I ain't listening to that number. But you're not really hearing because your heart has been, come on now. You're not really hearing. And I'm speaking from experience. Believe me, this message was supposed to be spoken time ago, but I just didn't, I just didn't do it. But God told me you need to just preach this message because offense will take you off your path. It will, and you'll be blind to see it. You won't even see it. You'll be justifying it. You'll be, come on now, I'm telling you. I'm telling you what it will do to you. So let's get in this word. So don't fall for his trap. He wants you to stop coming to church. He wants you to stop giving tithes and giving all. The devil wants you to stop serving in church. Instead of that, you'll just be mad. Like I say, one incident. John the Baptist was offended at Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he was offended at Jesus. Check, check, go to Matthew 3.13. 
One minute he's, he's calling him, how in the world you do this? And then the next minute you're offended at it. Look what he said, 3.13. He said, then Jesus came from Galilee to John, little Jordan, to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. You are coming to me. But Jesus went on and said that don't prevent him. He needs to be baptized. And then the heavens opened and God said all of this in front of John. This is my beloved son. But go eight chapters. Uh, Matthew 11. Look what he said in Matthew 11. Eight chapters. Matthew 11, 2. Matthew 11, 2. And then he said, and when John had heard in prison, now he's in prison, he's offended, about the works of Jesus, he sent two of his disciples. And look what they said in verse 3. And he said to him, are you the common one or do we look for another? Offended. That quick, eight chapters later, first he, ooh, praising them, praising them. That's why you can't worry about when people praise you and get all this good stuff. But they'll talk about you down the line. So you better be prepared for that. You better guard your heart. So are you the one? But you just, you just, you just baptized me. So now you're offense. So offense will call you to say things and do things that's just crazy. Come on now. So you have to guard your heart. He didn't guard his heart, so what happened? That's what happened. Nugget number two, like I said, going in to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23, and this is scripture the Lord gave me when I first got into ministry. He said, guard your heart, Troy, with all diligence. But out of it springs the issues of life. And you have to do that on a daily basis. You have to guard your heart on the day because you're going to get offended in traffic. You're going to get offended at Walmart. You're going to get offended on your job. You're going to get offended. I mean, just every, everywhere you go, there's going to be a spirit of offense. But if you don't guard your heart, you're gonna, it's going to take hits all day, and you haven't forgiven the person. So when that person cuts you off in the, in the parking lot, instead of cussing them out, say, Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I forgive them. And as you practice and practice, it gets easier. Yeah, it get, get easy. But if you just keep holding it in, I mean, by the time you get home all day, you'll be just tore up with offense. Everybody making you mad. The dog, the cat, everybody making you mad because you've been offended all day. You haven't let none of it go. So you have to. And in the, the way you can do it, and the way we do it by the word of God, you have to read your Bible. It's not an option. It ain't something I say, well, I just read it on Sundays. And when I feel good, this Bible is living, powerful, sharpening, and into as a sword. This is the, your spiritual life. And if you're not reading it, you're not going to make it in this life. If you're not reading this word, I don't care who you are. You're not going to make it. You're going to listen to some stuff and try to get your little motivational speaking stuff like that. But if you're not in this word, you're not going to make it. Because this is the only thing shut your flesh down. It'll shut your flesh down in a minute. When you praying in the word and you praying and worshiping God and praying the Holy Spirit will be talking to you in that word, you'll find that word and say, go, go and forgive this person that you, like, I didn't even know that I did. He'll tell you. But if you're not in the word and you're busy all the time, busy at your job, busy on your business, busy, 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 you don't get in the word, you just operating out your flesh. It's no wisdom from God. 
you have to take time in the morning. We do it in the morning. I get up, good morning, love. Appreciate you. You go to our office, I go to mine. Most times, sometimes we'll come together and we pray together. We always pray together. But she go down, I'm going in my, I'm spending time with God. Because I know if I don't, I'm going to work or going wherever I'm going, it's not going to be right. I need to hear from him. So you need to hear from him so you don't be offended. Amen? So whatever we allow to enter our hearts, if not examined and evaluated properly, will be expressed in our lives and our actions, either positive or in a negative way. So let's talk about someone who was offended. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do have your Bibles, Luke 15, 11. Go to Luke 15, 11. Time haven't moved yet. Praise God, y'all. Still got good time up there. So the clock is not moving, so we're going to be here for a while. Yeah? <laughs> Y'all just love me. Thank God. Why should start moving now? Praise God. Everybody like, what? Now I'm see at Luke 15, 11. Let's, let's keep going. I just love God, and I love his word. I love studying his word. I, I could be in there all day. My wife had to come knock in there and say, you Okay. I'm good. Okay, Luke 15, 11. Amen. We're going to talk about someone who didn't guard his heart. The prodigal son. Now, I'm not going to read all this, but I want you to read it at your time. We'll start out in 11. He said, uh, then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the youngest of them said to his father, give me the portion of my, that, um, my goods that falls, falls me. So he left. So I'm going to stop right there with that. He left. He was offended. I believe he was offended. So he wanted his money. He left. And we know the story on that. He went, messed up his money, you know, uh, got broke, had to get a job, working, and just messed up his life. So he was offended. So, so let's go down to verse 22. For the sake of time, I want to read that story when you get a chance. Verse 22. He said, but the father's said to his servant, rest when he came back, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put it on his hands, uh, put a ring on his hands and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry, meaning be glad. For this my son was dead and is alive again and he was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Verse 25, now his oldest son, here we go, was in the field. And as he came to draw near to the house, he heard music and dancing. What they doing in there? So he called out to his servant. Now he had servants, so I don't know why he would be offended. So he had servants. And he asked them, say, what, what's all this, what's going on? What's this music and stuff going on? And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father had killed the fatted calf. Verse 28, I want you to pay attention to. Verse 28. But he was angry and would not go in. He was offended and would not go in. So we should be happy when people come back to church. (laughs) 
We, we shouldn't, I told you so. I, 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 I knew, look at him, they come. No, no, we should be happy. He should have been happy for his little brother coming back. He had messed up his life. He should have been happy for him. But what was he? He wasn't happy at all. He was offended. He let offense get into his heart. We can't let offense get into our heart. Amen? Nugget number three. This is a good one here. I love this one because I was studying this. He said, don't hold on to offense. Don't hold on to offense. Because in Mark 11.25, see, we like Mark 11.23. We love that. We love the, you know, the faith part and all that. We love that. But look what Mark 11.25 says. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. He said, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. And I say this to say, so some people hold on the fence and use it against you. Some people will hold on the fence and use it against you. Don't do that. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this mainly, and not all, but mainly women do this a lot. You know, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'm just being straight up. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, when you know, you do something, and then y'all get into a disagreement, and then, say, and then she'll bring it up, like, didn't that happen like three years ago? Where, where did that come from? So she didn't, basically, she didn't pull it off the shelf, and she didn't say, she's using it again, she's using it again. She's like, that was like five years ago. Where, where did that come from? I, I forgot all about that. You know, and I'm being honest with you. Now, some men may do it too, but most women, they don't forget anything. Bruh, I'm telling you, gonna, she's going to bring it against you. But somewhere she didn't f- truly forgive him, forgiving him. Somewhere because she's still holding it against him. And that's not right. It's not right. It's borderline witchcraft because what you're doing is not right. You can't do that because you're holding him in bondage now. Because you're sitting up there waiting for him to say something or do something. You're just going to open the shelf and pull it out, pull it out, pull it out. And he's not totally free around you. He can't be totally free, or she can't be totally free. Men will do it too, but that person can't be totally free because they know if they say a certain thing or do a certain thing, you're going to pull it out on them. You're holding it against them. You're holding it against them. And some people will say, people will say, I can forgive, but I won't forget. Where is that in the Bible? <laughs> Show me where is that in the Bible. Say, I forgive, but I'm not going to forget. Nowhere in the Bible. If Bible don't say that, I'm going to tell you what it says. Go to Micah 7, uh, 18. Let, let's, let, let's read this. I'm going to show you what it says. In Micah 7, 18. I'm going to show you what it says. Because some people say, I, I, you know, I just can't. I just can't. I, you know, I know what he did. I just can't do that because he, he, he did this to me. He, here we go. Let me find it. That's those chapters you don't really get to that much, amen? So let's go to verse 18. Praise God. It said, listen, 18 said, uh, listen, 18 said, who is a God like you? It said, pardoning iniquities and passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever. 
Because he delights in mercy. You need to have mercy on people. Seriously. We all, none of us perfect. We need to have mercy upon people when they mess up. Don't hold that. Have mercy on them. See what state of mind they was in, how they was doing when they said that, what did they do, or when they passed down the aisle. I said, girl, she didn't even speak to me. How you know she even saw you? She probably didn't even see you. Now you upset and you mad, but let's go on. He said, because he delighted in mercy. 19. He would again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. And that word subdue means disregard, iniquity, punishment. So let's read that again. And he will disregard our punishment. And, and go again, the last of that, the B part of that said, you will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Woo! And the depths of the sea is a deep place that you can't find it. If you're on a boat, you throw something in the water, you're not, you can't find it. So that's what God is saying. When you forgive somebody, don't bring it up. He, he's not bringing up our sins. I know it hurt. I know it was painful. I know, I know, I know. I know. But don't bring it up. Let it go. Let it, just let it go. I'm telling you, gonna, it's more healing for you than the person. It's more healing for you to let it go than the person. I don't hold on to, to sin. I don't hold on to offense if somebody offended me. I'm going to get it right and let it go. I don't, I don't remember anything for us because I can't love her the way I want to if I'm holding on to her, whatever would happen in our life. 25 years, we offended each other. Come on, we've been to 25 years. But I have to let it go in order to love her. You can't love someone properly if you're still holding on to offense, jealousy, all this. You can't. It's like oil and water. You have to let it go. You know, when my, when my father did things to me that left me and wasn't there for me and this and that, the Lord said, told me when I was praying one day, he said, you got to go back to that place where it happened. And I was praying, and he said, go back to the place where he left you. He was three, we have three brothers, and one of them was his favorite, and he took uh, the, the favorite, well, it was three of them, he was about to go to, he was coming to pick us up, and he barely did us anything for us. So I was waiting and ready to go, me and my other brother, and I got in the car and I smashed my finger, it was bleeding. He told the middle brother to take me upstairs, we lived in the project in New Orleans, to rinse my hand off, he was gonna wait for me. <laughs> And, and brother took me upstairs, and he took the favor when I came back. He was gone. And I stood there, and I'm like, I know he's coming back. And he never came back. And God told me I had to go. In order for me to forget, I had to go back to that place where I was hurt at. And boy, did I cry. And I said, God, I forgive him. I forgive him for what he did. I really, and when I did, it was like a just release. Just, I didn't know I was holding on to that all that time. But I knew when I talked about it, it, it hit me somewhere. Because it was like, how could he do You know, how could he do that? I don't know what, why he did that. But he did it. But I had to forgive him for that. So there's certain things, you may have to go back to that place where it happened. Where that person hurt you. Look him in the eye and say, I forgive you. I, I forgive you. Yeah, you molested me. Yeah, you raped me. Yeah, you did all this to me. But I forgive you. You was wrong. Yes, but I forgive you. I'm going to live my life 
I'm going to go on with my life. I'm going to forgive you. I'm, I'm closing the door of unforgiveness. I'm closing the door of bitterness. You have to do it. Because if you don't, the devil will just ruin your life. You'll just be mad, angry person. When you see mad, angry people sitting in church, a lot of that is just a weight of heaviness, bitterness, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness just sitting there. I remember preaching at a retirement home one day, and it was a group of elderly people. That was years ago. And, and I preached to one man. I talked about forgiveness, and the man came to me crying. He said, I was holding on to something from my brother at a family reunion for 10 years. 10 years. I haven't spoke to my brother, haven't did nothing. He was crying. He said, I'm going to call him and I'm going to forgive him. And I, I released him. For 10 years, he said, he was just holding on to it. That's the enemy's trick to get us to hold on to this stuff. And we can't go further. We can't go further. You don't want to read your words. You don't want to do anything because you're offended. Another example, let's go to 1 Samuel 18. 1 Samuel 18. If you have your Bibles, I keep saying that, but you should have your Bible, your iPad or something. Yeah, you should have something when you come to the house of the Lord. Amen. 1 Samuel 18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the woman's son, let me see if I got this right. No, it's not 18. Where is it at? 17? Second Samuel? We're talking about Saul and David. Let's talk about Saul and David. Well, well verse 7, I think it's 17, 18. Anyway, verse 7. So the woman's son, as they dance and sang, video, get that. And Saul, she said, what they say, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. So the women were saying that Saul slain his thousands, David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? Verse 9. So Saul eyed David from that day forward. Offended. And you know what happened after that. Just Life just went down here. Offended. He eyed David from that day forward. I'm mad at you. I'm going to get back at you. I'm going to do it. Just eyed him. Amen. So um, nugget number four. I love this because it, say, it shouldn't take seven times. It, it shouldn't take seven times. Come on now. But Jesus talked about this, and he gave an illustration twice about it. Let's go to uh, uh, Luke 17.1 again. Luke 17.1, where he said, It is impossible that no offense should come. So I'm going to skip down for a uh, lack of time. I shouldn't have said nothing. Y'all wouldn't put my time up there. He said, uh, let's go down to um, verse 3. He said, take heed to yourself. If your brother sin against you, rebuke him. If he repent, forgive him. Verse 4. He said, if he sins against you seven times in a day, 
and seven times in a day return to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Verse 5, and the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. But that's a hard saying. He's saying seven times, if a person just keeps coming to you, man, I'm sorry, I messed up, you got, you, got, you got to forgive him. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, you must forgive him. But check it out in, in Matthew 18. Go to Matthew 18 now. We're still talking about the forgiveness. So here comes Peter. Peter thinks he's slick. He just wants to try to trap Jesus. He said, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, okay, how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now he's asking the question and asking the question at the same time. He said, up to seven times because he heard Jesus say uh, seven times in a day. He didn't say up to seven times. So he's trying to say, listen, I'm on my seventh time. And after this, we got it. So he's trying to trick Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do did it seven times. So the eighth time, I'm coming at you. That's what he was saying. But look what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, he said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's 490 times in a day. Ooh, Jesus. 490 times. So by the time you get up in the morning, by the time you go to bed, you probably on 300 or something. You know what I'm saying? I'm forgiving people. Seriously. He says, so all day you got to forgive. You waking up in the morning, you got, listen, you got to forgive. You got to say 490 times. And Jesus said to you, you can keep your heart clean from the spirit of offense. Jesus said this so you can keep your heart clean from the spirit of offense. And husband and wives, like I said, we got to do that constantly. Constantly, because you live close with this person. And they can offend you by not putting up the dishes. Not putting the toilet seat down. You could be, you can be, uh, oh, come on now, y'all know. I can't believe he did that. Again. Brother like, okay, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I can't believe he didn't take the trash out. I can't believe he didn't. Come on. And, and men, you do the same thing. We, hey, minds, I'm going to tell you mine. Be transparent. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Mines used to be, my wife liked. No, no, you know, men, and I know men help me out here. Getting ready for church on Sundays. Jesus. Can't be. Jesus, it's been 25 years, and I'm like, Jesus, do I always have to wait in the, all the time? Can you beat me sometime? All the time. And I'm like, she got to do all this, do all that. So for me, I just said, I'm going to sit in the car. Offended. I'm serious. I just go sit in the car. Just try to put some praise music on. That ain't working. I'm like, Jesus, come on. Blowing the horn in the car. Can you hurry? Offended. I'm serious. Offended. So we get in the car. She already looking good. Praise God. How you doing? Praise God. Smiling. <laughs> I'm offended. I mean, I'm mad in the car. The whole time the church I'm mad, we come to church, she get up praising God all in it, and I'm sitting them there mad, still holding on the fence. Seriously, still holding on the fence from what happened 15 minutes ago. So the Lord said, you can't do that. 
practice forgiving. When she gets in the car late, just, just forgive, forgive her. It's okay, I'll forgive. So because cause me, I want to come to church and praise God and worship like everybody else. I don't want to come. I love coming to church. I love worshiping God. I love doing all the, listen, I love it. But if you come to church offended with your husband or wife did, you're not, you, you shut yourself down. You're not going to be able to praise. So now I just like, praise the Lord. She said, I'm almost done. I said, praise. She's way much better now. My wife, because she, she loved coming to church, loved worshiping God. But in the beginning of our, 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 I said, is she doing this just to get back at me or something? <laughs> Come on, man. But, you know, we worked that out. And like I said, God showed me how to handle it. Don't hold on the fence. Because you come to church and you'll be mad at each other in church. So I let it go now. She get in the car, praise God. You look cute, you look and drive to church, and I'm ready. And it's, and it's easy. When you do it like that, it'll be easier than carrying it on and holding it and holding it. And then you all mad, y'all try to come to church, and nobody getting blessed. Amen. Nugget number five. Woo. The hide in pride. The hide in pride. One way the enemy keeps a person in offense, offended state is to keep the offense hidden. Ooh, one way. Pride will keep you from admitting your true condition. Pride will keep you from dealing with the truth. Pride will cause you to view yourself as a victim. Pride. Pride. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before it falls. He said, you will justify your bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, envy, resentment as they surface. I'm this because. Then you're stuck. I'm mad at him because this. I'm mad at him because. So you'll try to justify Everything be justified. Oh, no, he cheated on me. I'm going to always be like, but you still together. If you decided to stay together, you got to forgive him. I know it's hard, but you can't bring that against him all the time. Even if y'all not together, you still have to forgive him. You still have to forgive her. If she cheated, whatever, you still have to forgive. You can't hold that bitterness in because it goes back to pride and the I. I was wrong. They did me wrong. I did, you know, no mercy at all. So you can't. And then sometimes uh, the people will hide behind a smile. I'm fine, like I said earlier. The smile, I'm fine. I'm good. What you're really saying is, that ain't going to happen to me again. Because I'm holding on. I'm guarding myself. I'm watching myself. He ain't going to do that to me again. Pride. Pride. I never bring up anything for somebody did something. If we sell it, I'm not bringing it up again. It's done. I'm not going to hold that against you. And you have to be strong enough in your soul to say, it's done. Let it go. Let's move on with it. Don't do it again. You have to be strong enough, and that's come from spending time with the Lord. Because if he forgave you of your sin, and you know the love that God, you feel when God forgives you, when you know you messed up, and you in his presence, you say, I love you, son. I forgive you. And you, you can feel the release of, wow. How can you love me that much? How can you forgive me that much? You know what you did. But you don't want to have mercy on somebody else. Come on now. He said, pride will stop you from your blessings. Naaman was so proud 
2 Kings 5, to go get washed in the water because the water was dirty. It wasn't his type of water. He was like, how dare you to tell me to go do something like this? Pride. He was offended. He was offended. When Elijah told him to go, and he knew it was going to heal him, he knew it was going to, but he was so prideful and so offended that you can even ask me to go do something like that. I'm above that. Yeah, I'm above that. And eventually he changed his mind. Of course he was healed. But don't let offense stop you from your blessings. Don't let it stop you. Because it would stop you. He literally, well, the blessing was right there. But God wanted to see was you going to humble yourself to do it. God may ask you to do something that's just totally out of your lane. Totally. Because you have to realize when you became a Christian, you gave your life to Jesus, that's, that's when he said, not my will, but thy will be done. I belong, he's my Lord. So sometimes he'll use bad situations to turn it around for good, to help somebody else. So when you become a Christian, he'll use it. So number six, as we move on, escape the trap. Get your neighbor and say, I'm going to escape the trap today. I am not going to be trapped here. And then this is how you do it. Acts 24, 16. Acts 24, 16. Amen. Acts 24, 16. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you for this word that has to be uh, spoken today, Lord God. We thank you for it, God. We thank you so people can be healed in the name of Jesus. Paul said, uh, this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and man. He said, I strive to. Some people will offend us. It's going to happen, and it's hard to forgive them. So what he is saying is exercise your heart so you are in condition to handle the offense. So you exercise that by starting out forgiving early. I forgive you. Just riding in a car, try when you're driving the car, person cut in front, I'll forgive him. And you practice, you're exercising. So you won't be offended. You exercise. I'm not gonna be offended. I'm not gonna be offended. I'm not gonna be offended. So you're guarding your heart from all that junk coming in your heart. That's why Jesus says 70 times 70, 490 times in a day. Your forgiveness is not for that person, it's for you. Because if you don't, sickness will come, diseases, all this stuff. You open yourself up to all of this. A lot of people can be healed just like that if you just forgive. Because the bondage and the weight of that is holding you down. And sickness, all, uh, 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 ulcers and all this stuff is in your body. I don't get sick. And I keep saying that I don't get I try to let go of people that don't hold stuff, and I don't get sick. I keep saying that. And when sickness try to come against my body, I'm taking the word of God, and I'm seeing where I messed up. And God, where, where is the sin in my life? Show me so I can get it out. Because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you don't let that stuff stop you. Don't let it stop you. See, I had to escape the trap. I had to escape the trap. I was in Tulsa, a friend of ours, me and my wife left and went to Raymond for Bible college. 
Some people, we left the church, and we was doing good in the church. Everybody, but God said, I told you to go to Bible college. Went to Bible college. The church that we was at, the people just started talking about a couple, a couple, not the people. Started talking about us, and, and they did this, and then they went to this church out there. I knew God called us to go to Raymond Bible College. And it was talking about us, and I was mad. And I remember in Bible college one day, I was walking around, going to my next class, and, and this is the scripture he gave me, Matthew 5, 11. He said, blessed are, are you when men shall reveal you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. He said, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So persecuted the prophets which was before you. So what you're going through and being offended, God said, listen, people have been through it. People have been persecuted all of their life. People have been offended all of their lives. You know, all of this happened. In minds, I say, I asked the Lord. I always asked him. I said, God, because I was offended. And I'm using my life as an example. And I said, how could this happen to me? You know, I, I, I asked God that when it happened to me. And I said, God, I said, how could this happen to me? I'm a man of God. I pray. I read my word. And listen, how can I be so deceived? How could I be so deceived? And he never answered that when I asked him that. Never gave me an answer until I just started studying for this message. And he gave me Genesis 50, 20 with Joseph. He said, but as for you, you meant evil against me. He said, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it's this day to save many people. So God will use your mess for other people. So what I went through, but when he told it to me, he smiled and said, when I asked him that, he said, oh, you thought it was for you? I said, yeah, I went through. He said, no, it wasn't for you. That's why he gave me that. He said it was for other people. Those who anticipate, those who have left, and those who are thinking about leaving. He said, I had to send you through it so you can tell them it's not worth it. He said, Galatians 2.20, he said, he, said, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But the life that I now live in this flesh, he said, so, so it's not you, you anymore. He said, so your life that you live now, you're going to be able to go through some things, but it's for somebody else. Don't give in and cave in. What I did was for somebody else. When I left and I got offended and got mad and offended, I was offended. I, I was offended. I'm done. I'm ready. I'm done. I'm calling people, justifying it. I'm done. I'm done. Me, 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 me. My wife never was part of it. She never was part of it. She was like, I'm not. But she's followed her husband. She followed her husband. She never gave up. But for me, I did. And I'm saying this because he told me to preach this message. For those who are hurting, who are offended, and mad. And I remember when 
New Year's night, two years ago, it was New Year's night, we was watching New Year's service. Should have been here, but wasn't here. And I was offended. So we're watching the service, me and my wife, so I didn't want to watch the service. I was offended. My wife was watching. She, I said, we're going to watch it tonight. She said, really? I said, yeah, we're watching. And I watched it. And then right then and there, the Lord showed me we was offended. And I was like, wow. And I went in my, I went New Year's Day, New Year's morning. I went in my, laid on my living room floor and laid in there and just cried. I said, God, I'm sorry. I was offended. Was my man and God. I was offended. I was wrong. And the Holy Spirit said, call him. Text him. And I did. Not expecting him to text me back because I'm thinking, I haven't talked to him in a while. And I did. I said, Dad, I'm sorry. I was offended. I was wrong. And I hurt at you. And I asked you to forgive me. And I wasn't expecting him to call, text me back. But he did. And he said, son, you never left me. He said, you've always been in my heart. He said, you never left me. I said, dad, I want to come home. He said, son, you always want to come home. He said, you're my son, my spiritual son, and I love you. I never felt the love of a father like that before. And that's what I needed. I needed, the, I needed that. I never felt that. For my father, I was rejecting me. But to feel that love, to live the prodigal son moment, I had to live it, teach it. I had to go through it, and it, and it, it was a painful thing. Because you hurt people. Not just pastors, like the help of people, the church, the congregation who loved me and my family, who was there for us. You just walk out and leave. And I remember people used to come to us and say, yeah, we, we love y'all, we love y'all. Even Miss Spruill, Talada, she came to our house one day. She said, she just pulled out how much people love us and how much she loved us, how much her family loved us. And I remember her looking me in the eye one day. She said, you'll be back. She said, you'll be back. And, and God would use people And use you to heal people. So don't think whatever you're going through right now is for somebody else. It's really for somebody else. And God said, listen. There's some music. He said, listen. I want the church healed from offense. I want you to teach this message on healing and the love of a father. Some people, like I said, read on the prodigal son situation. I lived it. I lived it. And I know my pastor, he don't want me to talk to me. He said, when I came and forgive, he said, don't talk about it. It's done. It's over with. I said, yes, sir. So I love you. But to love someone like that, I mean, you know you messed up. No greater love. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. That's why I love them. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. 
click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.